in graduate school, I had a really good teacher that, you know, we have this much to teach kids. We have this much time to do it in. If we can read them a storybook and the storybook has skills embedded in the words, when we take the storybook away, the words stay in their head. And human beings, when they're read to, they just let down their guard. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello, and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I am so excited. Today's a big day in the life of our community because I am taking a big, brave step, and I have a wonderful guest that has decided to hold my hand and offer me encouragement to step out into the conversational podcast, which means it's not just all me talking. So I have to get a new set of skills to learn how to do this. And I've been telling you for months, I've just been so scared, so scared to do this. And it's really silly, I know, but you know, it's just been something I haven't been willing to step out of my comfort zone. But then I found this wonderful woman named Julia Cook. And Julia is a children's author. Welcome, Julia. I'm so happy to have you here. So, Thank so happy. You. I found you, who knows how I found you, right? But I found you uh, by God's leading, I believe. I was going to Kansas to see my son and my daughter-in-law, his wife, Kristen, and she invited me to come speak to her little class of kindergartners. Well, I was a first grade teacher, so that's my happy place. And I thought, okay, I want to find a book that talks about words because a huge part of my writing to nonfiction prescriptive writing to big people is about the power of our words and speaking healing words into our lives. And so there you were in my Amazon search. There was Julia. Let me get it. Hold on. This was it. First of all, it was this one. My mouth is a volcano (laughs) (laughs) because my mouth is a volcano. Here's the the original one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. That's so cool. If you're listening on the podcast, you cannot see that Julia just held up her original sketching out of My Mouth is a Volcano, which just as a writer, as an author, makes me tear up because that's just seeing a dream come true. So, all you wannabe authors out there, just keep sketching it down, put it in your sketchbooks and your notebooks because one day, it may come into fruition and that will be such an exciting day. So my mouth is a volcano was first. And I read that to the the darling little kindergartners. And then my superhero (laughs) is spunky spirited Isabella in Decibella and her six inch voice. So if you know me and everyone in my, my, my friends now are listening going, yep, that's Janelle. She has a six inch voice. She has a very loud voice. So Decibella was oh so much fun, Julia. And the children got it. They just got it. And so 
I know you can't see what I'm holding up, you guys, but you can certainly watch us on our YouTube channel interview and see all the yummy, amazing books that this beautiful woman has written. So Julia, thank you. And I'm so grateful. We've been talking about gratitude. This is my moment of gratitude today. You are someone that I'm just so happy and proud that you've said yes to come on. So tell us how, Julia, you got started in writing these amazing books. Thank you. I was a middle school math teacher and I got an opportunity to get a degree in counseling to become a better teacher. And then in the town I lived in, they had an opening for a school counselor. So I went ahead and took that thinking I might as well use my degree. And in graduate school, I had a really good teacher that, you know, we have this much to teach kids. We have this much time to do it in. If we can read them a storybook and the storybook has skills embedded in the words, when we take the storybook away, the words stay in their head. And human beings, when they're read to, they just let down their guard. So a great way, you know, we don't want to solve our kids' problems for them and wave our wand. She's waving a wand. If we do that, they will live in our basement when they're 30 years old. We want to give them the wand and show them how to wave it themselves. Say that again. Say it again. You have to say that one. Okay. So as a parent, we want to wave our wand and solve our kids' problems for them. But if we do that, they live in our basement when they're 30. We want to give them the wand and show them how to wave it themselves. We want to give our kids the problem-solving tools. We want to be the Home Depot and give them direction and the tools, but they have to build the house by themselves. And as educators and teachers, that's what we want because, and as parents, because we want our kids to be good problem solvers in the world. And, you know, the number one thing that will set your child apart when they leave you and go to get a job is the ability to be a good team player. You can yeah. Google Forbes magazine, top 10 qualities they're looking for in employees Five through 10 are academics. Two, three, and four are executive function skills. Can you get there on time? But the number one thing employers are looking for for employees in the 21st century are the skills to get along with each other and team player. Because no matter how smart you are or how gifted you are, if you can't share those gifts with others, they aren't any good to anyone. Pause there, though, for a minute, because that's emotional intelligence as well. And we talk a lot about that in our community. And it, it when I was reading through your bio, your goal, I really want to bring this out because if you can see here, guys, I'm holding up my notes, which you know how I love to write notes and highlight. I highlighted your goal, actively involve young people in fun, memorable stories and teach them to become lifelong problem solvers. That's why I wanted you on here because- that's a skill set that is underrated. And we have a whole nation right now at home. Parents are have been put in charge of their children's education in a great way. I chose to homeschool, Julia. I homeschooled for 14 years. And it was hard. And I chose it. This and you been, have a teaching background, though. I do have a teaching background. This you is know, true. <laughs> yeah. our, kids, our kids do not come with instructions. And um, no, unfortunately, it seems like they're getting weirder every year. <laughs> so you are not going to know all the answers as a parent. And what seems to work for one child doesn't work for others. That's not. And, and so, so you, offered, you just offered, I think, the greatest gift that we could give parents and that we could call back as, as a little bit older women 
who have raised children that this time at home is a golden opportunity to offer them the skills how to be problem solvers. Right. And, you know, since so what what happened is I couldn't figure out how to teach my kids tattling when I was a school counselor that first oh. year. And the kids were pulling, the teachers were pulling their hair out and they, I did a survey and they said, teach them about tattling. So I looked for a book on tattling and I couldn't Uh find one that said what it wanted it to say. So I wrote a story about a little kid. I think I have tattled so much that he grew a tail. And what came out of that were four rules that basically tell kids when to go to the teacher and when to solve your problems yourself. Oh my gosh, Julia, I love that you have all of your originals. Oh my gosh, is that what is that? Chinese, but but so so it it worked, and and so I used it at another school. I had a friend use it because the teachers came in and said, "This is working. These rules are working. The kids are getting it." And so a teacher came in and said, "You should do something with this." So on a whim one day, I grabbed a book off the shelf and I turned it to the publishing page. That's the page you know that nobody reads, and there was publisher information. So I picked up the phone and called and I said, I'm a school counselor, just wrote a book on tattling, it's working. And they said, send it in, we're looking for one. So I overnighted it on a Monday. They called me two days later on Wednesday. They said, we want to publish your book, do you have more? I said, how much do I have to pay you? They said, ma'am, we're going to pay you. I dropped the phone. And then they said, do you have any others? I said, well, when I was little, I used to interrupt all the time. Interrupted so much, my babysitter said, Julia, your mouth is a volcano. So that one, I have that one, and I sent that in. And now, 15 years later, there's 113 titles. They all are research-based. They are all social-emotional related. Yes. And they teach you what to say as a parent, how to say it. That's what what I As a teacher and how to say it. And there's 3 million now in print. So that's my story. To see that in Chinese just makes my heart leap as an author. Like, I just can't even fathom. I hope my new book that's coming out is in so many languages. That would be so exciting. But I today there are, it was so hard when Julia and I met on the phone. Number one, I was trying not to be a fangirl, but number two, I was like, what book do we choose to highlight, highlight? Because I want to highlight them all. And I do use them in my, my therapeutic practice. I, I use them with families and they're just amazing. So Julia led me on a path and we came up with a flicker of hope. We, Julia thought this time of life, we are in the season of Christmas. At that time we talked, we knew we would be coming into the season of Thanksgiving and Christmas and that we would be taping this at Christmas time. And then we're in a COVID Christmas. So we're in this global pandemic. Things are seemingly maybe going to get better But I know in my practice with my clients, there is certainly the flicker of hope is diminishing. And so when I, I immediately, I ordered it while I was talking to Julia. And when I got it a couple of days later and read it, I just wanted to weep. I'm sorry. I'm very emotional. And I just love to help people and I love people. And so sweet Julia, tell me about this book. Where did this book come from in your journey? A good children's book isn't age specific because we've all been six. We've all been nine. We've all been 11. We have a, this was pre-pandemic and it's really hitting home now, but pre-pandemic, 
the suicide age for kids 10 to 14 had tripled in the last three years with our kids. Mm -hmm. And I attribute that to two specific reasons. The first one is the first one is when a child succeeds in a video game, their foot is about this big. It's huge. And so to get from A to B, they maybe need to take three or four steps. And then when they win, all this dopamine and serotonin goes into their brain and they feel like they're going to set the world on fire and they are it on a stick to get the same feeling in real life. Like this is hitting a home run on a video game in baseball. This is hitting a home run in real life. Their footprint is like one fifth of the size of the footprint that they, so they have a lot more steps to take. Now, when they do accomplish the goal, the amount of dopamine and serotonin is five times greater than on a video game. But if the kid only feels like they're good at things through a video game, real life ends up kicking them right in the rear end. And so they try, they try as hard as they normally do and find that they don't succeed. So as parents, we have to balance off-screen highs with on-screen highs so that they, and sometimes, you know, they'll get a video game reward and it's so ecstatic and then they'll ace a spelling test and we'll say, oh, that's good. Yeah. Instead, you need to tell your, you know, to build your child's self-esteem, you don't tell them great things about themselves. Right. You tell them to celebrate those great things from inside. Like, wow, you aced that test. I bet you're doing a happy dance the size of Texas. What does it look like? And then they start, oh, yeah, I guess I am. They have to remind themselves to say, go me, I did it. And it has to come from the inside. So Mm. that is the one reason why suicide, because kids don't feel like they're capable of accomplishing and their effort, their brain is tricked. They think they're this cool and really they're only this cool and it lets them down. The second reason for increased suicide I feel is, and I experienced it firsthand with my son is sleep deprivation. We think about how much time we spend on our screens. And And it tells us every week. Right. And see, and, you know, a typical day for a child or a person at work, too, is six to eight hours at work, eight to 10 hours of sleep. And the rest of the time, extracurricular activities, playing video games, having family time, whatever. You know, if we have increased screen time to the point where it grows a lot, Mm. if you look at the green triangles, you know, we still get everything done. We have to get done. But our sleep gets cut. When the human brain does not get enough sleep, the first symptom, you know, the the proteins can't be cleaned off of the neurons and the dopamine and serotonin don't get to do their thing. And the first symptom you see is irritability. And with more sleep deprivation, the second symptom you see is anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the third symptom you see is depression. So I witnessed this firsthand when my son was trying to study for medical boards, you know, he put himself on this crazy 20 hour a day study session with very little sleep. And pretty soon he couldn't remember anything. And and he felt hopeless because of sleep deprivation. So if you, if you put the screen problem with social media and, you know, social media let down where everybody knows if you don't get invited to a party because there's pictures and you, the social media contact, the content of time, and then you add, you know, this factor, that is what is causing this lack of, of ability of, I can do it. And so 
after my son went through his stent where he had to be hospitalized in his sleep slot, his sleep, he was number 11 in his medical school class, but because he got into this weird sleep thing, he couldn't get it back. Correct. And he yes. was very depressed and yes. had to be hospitalized and they had to restart his sleep clock. Yeah, I my son went through that, that actually after his in first semester in college, we had to reset his sleep clock and it was, right. it, it was similar away from home. He's a twin, lots of things like that. And he was increasingly probably getting more anxious. And so, yeah. And I, I have a dear friend whose husband killed himself. And she mm. told me that he said he feels like there's a dark cloud over his head, only it doesn't feel like a cloud. To him, it feels like mountains. So I started thinking in this visual, if you write a book with metaphor, then it will apply to everyone. So I came up with this visual of a flicker of hope where this little candle has a little tiny flame and another candle comes by and says, wow, your flame isn't very bright. You know, I can tell your flame isn't very bright and you probably have dark clouds hovering over you, only they don't feel like clouds to you. They feel like mountains. But if your flame was brighter, you could actually lighten those clouds and push them away. So I started thinking about candles and I got out some candles. And when you light a flame and it's about to go out and someone else borrows, you know, some of the flame, you put two flames together. When you take them apart, they're both brighter. Oh. One is brighter for giving and one is brighter for getting scientifically when you do that. But also if you think about it, if I feel hopeless, that means I don't have any gas in my tank. That's correct. I, I know I could be the best car ever, but without gas, I'm not going to get to go anywhere because I don't have the fuel to drive me to do that. And hope, you know, wishful thinking is, oh, I wish I'd win the lottery, but I'm not doing anything like buying a ticket to get there. So I can't, you know, be responsible for that. And then there's optimistic thinking, you know, the people that drive us nuts. Oh, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. I'm it's an optimist. So I would be one of those people. And, and you're like, you know, but then, okay. Oh. Janelle, you're you're an optimist, but I think am. about it. When things go south, you get frustrated because you know you just didn't do anything physically to make it change. Correct. But a hopeful person knows that tomorrow will be better than today. I have the power to make that happen. You know, there's many different pathways to my goal. Mm-hmm. And I realize those pathways are going to have obstacles. And so hope is different. It's, it's the power of making, you know, and so... I start thinking about that. This candle, you know, feels like there's no way, but another candle comes by and makes the light brighter and then they're lighter. So then they can push them away. You call the other candle that comes along, which just, it just took my breath away. A hope builder. Hope builder. And there's hope builders everywhere. I just want to say in our community, we are, I call them a heart lifter and it's really the same. I I love that. I know. I feel like you, if you were going to write a book about heart lifting, it would be a flicker of hope. And so I really resonated with that. So I love that hope building idea. I also love, if I can rewind just a second, Julia, and pick your brain a little bit more, especially as a school counselor for all our mamas and daddies out there, because it is a rough culture, right? With social media and all of that. So I love your advice. I love the wisdom that you're getting. I want us to sit for a second because I come from a Christian worldview and a lot of my followers as well, my listeners. And sometimes in that worldview, you're told if you go, if you're 
I can do this. Yay, me, that that is prideful. Well, there's a difference between being confident and being cocky. Good. If you could just speak on that for just a second. You know, by by saying, I can do this, yay, me, go, me, that is, a you know, if I'm it on a stick, I'm cocky. A cocky person is not willing to learn from others. Thank you. A confident person is they celebrate what they've done, but they're always willing to to grow and get more. So I want my kids when they grow up to be, you know, confident, not cocky, because once you're cocky, you're done learning. So thank you. It's um, the stability factor, isn't it? Right. And this go me thing, you know, your child can only grow their self-esteem if they're proud of what they've done. And that's pride from the inside. You can praise a child forever, but if they don't own what they've done and they look in the mirror and see, you know, their accomplishments from the inside out, that's the difference maker. Pride from the inside. I love that. I was taking a walk yesterday and I was walking by this house when and the children were playing and I could see the young mama, young mama, young kids, and a ball had gone over the fence. Well, the little four or five-year-old little girl, I'm sure that fence, the other side of the fence seemed like she was going, I don't know, to the other side of the world. And so the mama crinked open the fence and I guess encouraged the little girl to go get the ball. And I heard the little girl go, do you believe in me? And the mama said, of course I believe in you. She goes, and she got a little further out. Do you believe in me? And I was just like, that is just so awesome. Cause that's creating that secure attachment. We talk a lot about that here in this community and building her herself, right? Her inside that, yes, I can do this. I'm safe. I can go outside the fence. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Well, and it only takes one person. If you ever want to watch a really cool video, watch the Oprah segment with Terry Trent. And she was the person who wanted to go to school really bad. And her father would beat her for trying to learn. And she ended up at the age of 11, sneaking into school. And then her dad traded her for a cow. And then she ended up getting married and having three kids. But anyway, uh, down the road, she was in a class. And Joe Luck from Hereford International asked her, you know, what do you want? She goes, I want a degree and whatever. And she told her mom and her mom said, then bury it. And if you believe it will happen, her mom built her hope. And, you know, that's the thing with this suicide thing with our kids. We, we cannot, you know, our kids see when kids lights are dim, they see that before we do because it's on their level. And sometimes I might have the dimmest light ever, but if I lend some of my light to someone else, I get brighter. And that's the thing. We want kids to be aware of when the other kids have dim lights, number one, but also be willing to go and be a hope builder for that person for two reasons, help that person. But all of a sudden we start feeling significant and it's when a child or a grown up feels insignificant that they lose their hope. So building significance, one of the best ways that you can do that is to give, reach out, and help other people and make a difference with them. Therefore it makes a difference with you. Kind of come outside of the fences you have built for your life. Like just even myself coming outside the fence of, I can't do, I can't. Technology. Technology. Right. So it's like. Social emotional business. And here I am talking to a screen, which is what I tell parents. We don't want kids to do. And now we have to. We have to. 
I, you are being a hope builder to me. Cause when I first reached out to you, Julia, you were like, of course I'll be patient. Of course I'll be gracious. I wouldn't be anything else, but that, you know, we'll work on this together. If we have a flop, we'll flop, you know, we'll flop together. You were a hope builder for me. And you just, I wrote down something that I wanted to make sure that we brought up and it, it's on page nine and I can, can I read one page? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to put it up. I please, you're going to have to come to the YouTube channel so you can see these incredible illustrations, but it says your unique light is your priceless gift. No one can light up the world around you like you can. Well, I can't light up anything around me right now. I don't have it in me. And then hope builder says, why? Cause I can't do anything right. I'm never going to be good enough. You should hear what people say about me. Is it true? Well, it might as well be. Everyone thinks it is. All and those limiting beliefs. All right, those right, things. right. And, you know, and then they talk about suicide without saying suicide. You know, they say if a light goes out before it's time, so many gifts are never shared. And that's so unfair. Yeah, you know, you, you're needed. You know, no one else in the world can do what you do. Yeah. Someone needs to hear that today. I have no doubt in my mind. Someone that's listening needs to hear your words, Julia. When you feel like your your lights can go out and there's a mountain on top of you, one of the best ways to just build a little hope inside yourself is to do something kind for someone else. Because then all of a sudden you feel like you mattered and you're significant. And then all of a sudden your light is bigger. And then we need to be aware of the people around us who, you know, have that heavy, dark cloud over them and, you know, be willing to, you know, sometimes it's just, it's just hello with your eyes. You know, we don't see people's faces anymore. So we've got to make sure that our eyes are expressive and welcome and kind and go to the store. Beautiful. Everybody's so upset. And I, I noticed driving, if you turn in front of somebody, they basically take your rear end off, you know, you know, a, a definitely a diminishing capacity of people having the grace for other, like right. they have, they have a very short fuse, you know, fuse. and you just think, you know, you see that person at the store. The other day I saw this person at the store working and she was just so cranky and awful. And I went home and I, I called the store and had her delivered flowers from someone. Thanks oh. for waiting on me. You know, she won't ever know who it yeah. is, <laughs> but I feel good about you that. Yeah. I mean, go draw on someone's sidewalk, you know, just draw a big happy face and, and yes. you know, they don't have to always cost money either, but heart balloon, be a heart lifter, put a card on someone's. Yeah. There are, this is what I wanted today to be all about. Pay, pay for someone's Starbucks. You know, that was weird. I did that yeah. one time. And like three weeks later, someone paid for my Starbucks. Oh, I love it. So all the traction, you reap what you saw. Go in and pay off someone's layaway this year. I mean, even if you don't have any money, hardly at all, yes. the fact that you give part of yours to someone else without expectation there of a repay, it cannot be tit for tat. It has to be a true act of kindness, an yes. unconditional act of kindness where, you know, you don't expect anything in repay, but you're going about yourself to do things kind for others. The yes. rewards are just amazing. And I like to say the, the rewards are not always tangible. I share oh. this lot with the work that I do. Uh, you know, the rewards in my life have been that I have more joy. I have more love. I have, it, it, they may not be tangible. You know, I don't have a whatever, 
you know, biggest house in the world or whatever. The, the intangible gifts to me are the ones that lead us to a meaningful life. And that's people what always, people do to People me. always try to be happy. Yeah. You know, if I do this, this is going to happen and then I'm happy. Yeah. Okay, that's wrong because happy is like icing on a cake. If it happens, great. But happy has nothing to do with you because like I go and clean my mom's house from top to bottom and spend six hours and expect her to be so happy. She comes out and says, you use my wrong towels and my cleaners are all over. Clean up this mess. Then I'm unhappy. So then I feel less about myself. Switch to joy. Joy is is being thankful for the process of what's going on. Joy is from, when we struggle, our joy grows. Yes, know? I agree. And, and, and that, I think it's a whole topic for you and me. I know. Oh. I love that. It's you walking out of your mother's house and going. I did that to help her and I feel good, good about it. Good it's job, Julia. It's the process. It's always under construction, you know? It is. So, Julia, I don't want to stop this. I may have to have you for a, a part two. I don't know. But do you have just... A final thought for us on how we can continue. You've given us so, so many. Number one, I just want to make sure that everybody goes to Julia's website, juliacook.com. Juliacookonline.com. And everything Julia on Cookonline.com. You can get them on Amazon too, but if you buy them from my website, I autograph them and personalize yeah. them. There's a place you can do that. Yes. Um, we don't know everything. And, you know, that's why you guys have Google. We had Ann Landers when I was a mom. Yes. It took six weeks to get an answer. And it was just like, whoa. But, you know, you're lucky. But, you know, if you feel sad about yourself, if you feel anxious or depressed, first thing before you go run into the doctor and say, oh, my gosh, I think I'm bipolar, find out if you're getting restful sleep. And if your phone is next to you and at 2 a.m. it goes off and says there's bad weather, that's going to screw up your sleep. Put your phone in another room and turn it off at night. Go tech free between 11 and six. That'll help a lot. It does. And then the second thing is if you feel insignificant, think about the people in your life who made you realize that you really matter. Those are your hope builders. You try to do that for someone else. All of a sudden your little light is going to be a lot brighter than it was before. Because it's not about what we get in this world, you guys. It's about what we give to others to help them. That's true amazingness. You know, that's when you look at all the people who've won all the lotteries, the people have really made a difference and and are happy with the money are people. Yeah, they spent a little on themselves, but they found ways to help other people with that money. And they're they're making it, you know, and happiness isn't a dollar thing. No, you know. Dollars are convenience, but but it's not a dollar thing. And it's hard to be happy when we have financial struggles. Right. But joy is an inside job and no one can rob you of your human joy. It's your gift. It's your own thing. And okay. live by the power of yet. I can't do this yet. I can't do this yet with the growth mindset. Yes. But do something nice for others. You'll feel better about yourself and realize that some people are put on this planet to show the rest of us how not to be. And they're really good at their job. Mm-hmm. So you can't change that, but you can change who you are. We can. And that, that is so beautiful. And I can't thank you enough. And oh I, yeah. I love to do that. That's fun. That's so good. I am smiling from ear to ear. If you're listening, and can't see the video because Julia, you have just uh, reached over through this technology and put your light on my light. And now I'm going to burn really bright today. I'm going to be really bright. I'll probably be so bright. People will be running away. <laughs> no, it's just, I'm going to go be a flicker of hope. And I want all of you out there 
in this community to be a flicker of hope. You know, that's what we do here. And please go to juliacookonline.com. Everything you need is there. And if you want signed copies of any of her books for Christmas, get it done quick because, you know, shipping and handling and all that is a little slower these days. But I have a feeling we will hear from Julia again because I'd I'd love to. It would be so great. I would just love it. And so there, that is today's episode. I hope that you feel a bit brighter and that you always remember, always remember, my friends, that you have value, worth, and dignity. Until next time. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.